0: Morning, welcome. Let's stand together and celebrate the fact that He is alive. Do
1: you see what I see? I see first a living color. Then mm-hmm. things coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another reaction.
0: thank you that you've made us alive today. We welcome you today to Christ the Cornerstone. He is alive, so we are alive. He promised to go with us in every situation. He promised to walk with us, and go with us, hold us up through the fire, the flood, the water, in every situation. There's a grace when the heart is fire.
1: Away when the walls are closing in. when I look
0: at it's the space between where I used to be and, and this reckoning, I know I will never, I will never be alone. There was another in
1: the fire, standing next to me? There was another in the wall? to you.
0: Come every Because I know that's where you'll be. Come on, i count the joy. Come every Because I
1: know that's where you'll be. i count the joy. Come every battle, 'cause I know that's where you'll be.
0: Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, God promises us when you walk through deep waters, you will not drown for I am with you. The Old Testament, you remember the story of the Hebrew children that were thrown into the fiery furnace. The king got so angry because they wouldn't worship him. They were worshiping the one true living God. So they decided to heat the furnace Seven times hotter than it had ever been heated before. It was so hot that even the guards that threw them in were consumed by the fire. And the king looked in the furnace a few minutes later and said, Didn't we throw three people in there? (laughs) Because I see four, and one looks like the Son of God. So even King Nebuchadnezzar recognized God when he saw him. And when they came out of the furnace, their clothes weren't even singed. They didn't even smell like campfire smoke. Because God was with them and he protected them. And so I promise you, whatever, all of us in this room or watching online or watching this recording are in one of three places in our lives. We're either in the middle of a battle, we're coming out of a battle, or we're about to go into one. There's nothing else in life that happens except God takes us through those stations over and over and over again. And like the refining process of gold where it's heated up and it's cooled down and it's heated up and it's cooled down. And every time it's heated up, more impurities are scraped off the top, skimmed off the top. Until we become pure and complete, which is what God wants us to be. So we can be sure that in this world we will have troubles But God is with us. When Jesus left this world, he promised to send another comforter to be with us. And that comforter is the Holy Spirit of God. And he's here with us this morning, moving among us, even those of us that are worshiping online. The Holy Spirit is here. He's right where you are. If we receive him and allow him to come in and do his work.
1: with fire of
0: Lord, we need a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Too often in our lives we spend time living on yesterday's grace when the scripture tells us that there is new grace his mercies and his grace are new every morning so instead of living on yesterday's anointing and yesterday's outpouring of the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit we invite you to fill us fresh and new today to move among us Lord as we hear your message in a few minutes and as we gather around the communion table in a few minutes and as we come to the altar and pray in a few minutes, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit that is already moving among us would help us to realize that you are here, that you are here and you want to work in us. You want to do your work in us. So, God, we want to step out of the way so that you can do that. We need a fresh wind. The fragrance of heaven. Hmm. There was a day a long time ago, years and years and years ago, when I used to wear, some people still wear cologne. I used to wear cologne. I don't wear it anymore. But we were on our way to church. My son Ryan was probably, I don't know, four or five years old. And I hadn't, it was a Sunday evening service. I'll tell you how long ago. And uh, I smelled my cologne coming from the back seat. And I didn't have any on. And so I asked, actually, Debbie asked, uh, Ryan, did you put on some of Dad's cologne? And, And he said, yeah. And she said, why? And he said, because I want to smell like Dad. So when we're in the presence of the Lord, guess what we smell like? We smell like Dad. When we've been with Him and we leave, whether it's in this place or whether it's in our own prayer closet or whether you're worshiping in your car driving down the road and you've been with Him, people, people sense that. So Holy Spirit, move among us, fall on us, fill us so that other people that we come in contact with might know that we smell like You. And our actions and our words and our deeds and our thoughts, everything about us. God, let it be pleasing unto you. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping. You may be seated. Well, again, we want to say a welcome to you this morning. Uh, welcome to all of you. Welcome to those of you that are worshiping online with us today. Uh, if you are new here with us this morning in the house, Uh, We want to extend a special welcome to you. Uh, When you leave today, there's a uh, welcome center out the doors and to the left. Our welcome center over the next few weeks is becoming a place that we call Connect Central, uh, where you can connect with all of the ministries, all of the events that are happening at our church, all of the things that are going on, as well as if you are new, you can stop by and pick up a free gift that we have for you Uh, meet and talk with some people and find out more about the ministries of christ the cornerstone if you're new and you're online uh, there's a new here button or a uh, bubble that that most likely just popped up in the chat and you can just click that and let us know that you're new and uh, then then we will just welcome you Uh, at your seat or your tables wherever you're seated this morning there is a connect card if you're online there's also a, a digital online connect card and would you Please uh, give us that information every time you're here. We're here at the office throughout the week uh, from time to time wondering who was here over the weekend. And if you fill out that card and give us that information, uh, whether here or online, it just helps us to know uh, that you're here and that uh, you've been worshiping with us. And also, you can let us know if you have prayer requests or praise reports uh, that we can agree with you in prayer or rejoice with you. Uh, You can let us know on that card. Uh, We have groups of people that meet throughout the week and pray over those needs, and uh, we would love to pray for you and uh, what you need and what your family needs. So let us know you're here and uh, who's worshiping with you, and uh, we just want to say thank you for that. Now let's take a couple of minutes and catch up on some of the things that are happening around our church.
2: Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. The mission of Operation Christmas Child is to demonstrate God's love in a tangible way to children in need around the world. Through this project, Samaritan's Purse partners with the local church worldwide to share the good news of Jesus Christ and make disciples of the nations. Beginning this weekend, shoeboxes will be available in the mall at the Bear Campus. Collection week begins November 13th. We need your help with packing the shoeboxes for shipping. To learn more, stop by the table in the mall at the Bear Campus. Blessing families in need during the holidays is something we count as a privilege as a church body. Our Thanksgiving Turkey Basket Outreach is one way we do that. We need your help with donating and or delivering a basket. Basket collection will be on Sunday, November 20th at the Bear Campus and they will be delivered the same day. To find out more or to sign up, visit our website or send an email to lpoindexter at ctcde.church. Gratitude is something we can all do a better job with. On November 19th and 20th at the Bear Campus, we will have another It's a Cultural Thing weekend. This will be our CTC Family Thanksgiving service. During our worship together, we will take time to be grateful and take a look at how another culture expresses gratitude. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week.
3: We add my welcome to those that have already been said to you this morning. You know, I, I sit in the room and I just look around, and it's so comforting to me to be able to know people's names. If you're new here today and I don't know your name yet, and you, you don't know that I know your name, please meet me. I'm Pastor Roger. <laughs> if you're online this morning, we welcome you being online with us today. And uh, one of the, today's Communion Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, we gather together to celebrate communion. And one of the things that I enjoy most about uh, Communion Sunday is that we have, we have our families in worship with us for the whole service. And I know that, that, that just it's difficult sometimes. Parents think, oh, but my child's moving around and I can't worship like that. Yeah, it is worship. Because worship many times is messy. Just like life, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Family life gets messy sometimes, so I'm glad that the kids... I was sitting back there with, with Josh, and he was sharing his bacon with me, and, and uh, so if you get a little hungry, just move over to where the kids are, because, you know, there's always food there, and uh, Josh is generous, and uh, that's nice. And it's good bacon, too, and uh, I, I enjoyed that. Thanks, Josh. I asked Josh if he wanted to come stand up here with me, but he said no. Killian, you want to come stand up here with me? Yeah, come on, Killian.
1: Yay. All
3: right, so... One of the things we do during this time, hey Killian, come on over here. We just we just talk about three things. Come stand next to me. We just talk about three things that we do at Christ the Cornerstone. Uh, that we, we hear words all the time. Love, serve, and engage. You know what engage means? It's a big word. Shake my would you shake my hand? Our hands are engaged. We're together with somebody. To engage means to talk with somebody. It means to give something to somebody. It means to help somebody. It means to tell somebody some good news or something like that. It means to be involved with other people. Make sense? Yay! Success. Whew. So here at Christ the Cornerstone, the way that we grow in our faith and we encourage one another is to love, love God, love others, serve, serve God, use your gifts. What do you like to do? Do you have any special talents? Do you draw? You like to draw? What do you like to draw? Anything. Yeah, just anything. So you can draw. You can draw pictures. You can encourage, draw, draw a card, tell somebody that, that hey, I, I'm glad if somebody gets sick. You can send them a card, draw a picture on it. I hope you get better soon. That kind of stuff, right? And that's serving, that's serving others, However we, however we can do it. Uh, and then we engage. We engage the world. We tell others the good message of Jesus Christ as we as we live and work together. The other thing that we do is we want to practice being generous with others. We have some scripture verses that we use to uh, to encourage and to inspire us. And uh, there's a scripture. Let's read this scripture verse together. Here it comes from Second Corinthians. Can you see that back on the wall? Can you read it with me? All right. Let's read this together, everybody. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Boy, there's a lot of words in that, a lot of words to think about. All right, let's pray together and then we'll be ready to hear God's word. Can we pray? Just stand here and I'll pray. And you close your eyes and we'll pray together. All right. Thank you, Jesus, for this day, for bringing us together. Help us, God, as we uh, listen to your word this morning. Help us to get something <laughs> out of it. Help us to focus on one word, to hear something that you're saying to us. Maybe you're uh, asking us to do something, God, or maybe there's something in our lives that, you, that we need to confess to you, that we need to say, I'm sorry I did that, God, and help us to experience your great love this morning in your, in your name jesus name we pray amen killian thank you for coming and joining me you can go back to your seat <laughs> amazing thing that Jesus says to us. You will do even greater things than the things you have seen me do. And what what an amazing statement that is. And every time I read that, I wonder, God, what do you mean by that? So in this series, Greater Things, we're looking at the different greater things that God uh, says that he'll do, the greater greater things that we can do. And uh, and we're exploring that in the Bible. Um uh, You've probably heard the statement, maybe you've gotten caught in this, a conversation that went something like this. You say to somebody, I love you. And they reply, I love you more. And then you don't want to be outdone by their love, so you say, I love you more. And then they say, no, I love you more. And then they say, no, I love you more. I, I lo-. And then it never stops. And it's like this competition. I never quite understood that. How does it get, get, get a competition? And sometimes somebody has to, has to stop it. We saw in the video uh, announcements that Lynn did for us. It talked about Operation Christmas Child. And since we're talking about greater love, loving people, and doing things for other people, Operation Christmas Child is a great way... That we can show God's love to all people, even around the world. So here's a little short video. If you don't, if you've never put together an Operation Christmas Child shoebox, or uh, something like that, you may not know what it is. So here's a little video uh, that teaches us how to put together an Operation Christmas Child shoebox.
4: It all goes great with a glass of milk. Packing an Operation Christmas Child shoebox. Okay. Let's be honest, packing an Operation Christmas Child shoebox can go great with anything. It's so that other kids can learn about Jesus. Praise the Lord! Oh, and it's also a great way to teach your own kids about giving. Teach your kids about giving! giving. Have a great day! Oh, and don't forget, make good choices. So, basically you get an empty box, which, any box will work. Really? Okay, not any box. Much better. Okay, so now you have your empty box. Now you can pick the age range, and if you want to be for a boy or a girl. Okay, come on. Please be a boy. Please be a boy! Well, looks like we're going to be packing for a boy this year. First, you can choose a wow item such as a soccer ball or a stuffed animal. And you can choose other fun toys, too. hygiene items, and school supplies. There are, of course, some items you cannot pack, like liquids, food, items related to war, live animals. And don't even think about packing chocolate, because it melts. No candy and no toothpaste. When your gift is finished, you can write a letter and include a photo. It gives it a nice personal touch. When your box is done, you can make your shipping donation online through Follow Your Box. Simply print off your tracking label to see where the destination of your gift will be. And don't forget, it's important to pray for the child that is receiving this gift. Because packing a box is a simple way to share the gospel with kids all around the world. Maybe even in... In Africa. Now that your box is done, it's time to get moving. Transport your box to a nearby drop-off location near you. These will be open all across the U.S. on National Collection Week, the third week in November. Drop it off and voila, you pack the shoebox. Easy as one, two, three.
3: one of the things my family did when my kids were young is we packed a shoebox and we, we tracked it and we actually got some correspondence back from the child who received the box that we had packed and this is an awesome way to teach our children to share God's love every, everywhere so uh, and we've got the boxes are out in the mall as Lynn said plus also to the right of those boxes are some uh, sheets of paper that can help the help children Write a letter to the, to the child who's receiving their box. And uh, I think that's a great, a great way to show God's love uh, to all people. So, we're talking about the greatness of God's love this morning. I had a conversation every Thursday evening. Sometimes it goes out on Friday because I forget to send it out or I get too busy and it doesn't go out yet. But it's a telephone call, it's a, it's a robo call that, that I make. I record a message that is intended to inspire you. And I'd love for you to give me your phone number if I don't have it or, or, uh, and, and, uh, so that I can send that to you each week. This last week, I told a short little story in the phone message about a friend who was angry with me. And I wanted to express to the friend that I still cared for this person. And so I said, I do love you. And my friend's response, still in a bit of anger, was love is a verb. <laughs> love is an action. And my friend didn't want to just hear the words, I love you. The friend wanted to see it in my actions. And what my friend was telling me was at this moment, I'm not seeing the love, Roger, <laughs> come come out of you. Those are tough words, harsh words, um, but we need to hear them at times. There's a Scripture that talks directly about letting our actions prove our words. Let's look at that Scripture this morning. It comes from the book of 1 John, chapter 3. We're reading from verses 18 through 21. And you can see it on the screen, or I encourage you to, to uh, look it up in your own Bible. But it begins, Dear Children. Now, this phrase, Dear Children, when the Bible uses this phrase, even though it sounds like we might talk to the young ones, we're not. He's talking to everybody. And really what he's saying is here, my precious ones, my precious people, my beloved people, I love you. You are the ones that I care the most about. And it doesn't matter what age you are. There's a lot of love in this phrase, dear children. And he says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. I think that's an amazing thought that our actions are going to reveal the truth, whether the truth is a positive thing or a negative thing. The little story I told about my friend telling me that love is a verb, love is an action, was telling me, Roger, I hear the words, but the truth behind it is I don't see the love. And it was, she, was, she was confronting me. Our actions, verse 19 says, our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Verse 20 says, Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. And He knows everything. And He says, Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, then we can come to God With bold confidence. And we will receive from God whatever we ask because we obey Him and do the things that please Him. Love is an action. We can't just say the words. It is revealed through our actions. Then the writer says, and this is His commandment. We must believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. Those who obey God's commands remain in fellowship with Him and He with them. And He knows He lives in us because the Spirit He gave us lives in us. These are powerful words that God gives to us. I want to go back, especially to to verse 20, where it says, "...even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings." Now this word feelings in, in the original language is really the word for heart. Um, when when somebody has a, a heart attack, what's a more medical term for a heart attack? Cardiac arrest. The Greek word right here is the word cardia. Oh, that sounds familiar. It's heart. And when and other translations make this verse say, When our heart condemns us, when we know in our heart that we have done something wrong, it doesn't matter what age you are, okay, maybe it does, children learn very quickly to determine the difference between right and wrong, don't they? We can see very early in a child's life, when a child is doing something the child knows they're not supposed to do, they try to hide it. They try to deny it. They try to cover it up. They try to sneak around. And you know what? It's not just children that do that. Oh, that's bad news. <laughs> we all do it. And we have to learn how to, how to recognize when we have this sense in us, this feeling, this, this guilt in us, that we know we've done something wrong and what do we do about it? Well, the good news is that God's love is greater than our guilt. Isn't that good news? Because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, He has forgiven all of our sins, and so we can. So, 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 in the truth, I, I remember the day I was about six years old. My brother caught me doing something that my mother told me not to do, and I could have. I could have hit my brother. I could have punched him. I could have run and hit him. And my brother said, I'm going to tell on Roger. I'm going to tell on Roger. But I decided, even at six years old, that instead of running and hiding, that instead of punching my brother, that instead of doing something to keep him from telling on me, I was going to go tell on myself. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? I'm going to get in trouble if I tell on myself. But what was I doing? I was relying on, I was trusting in the truth that my mother would still love me. And that I could go to my mother and say, Mom, I did it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you've told me not to do this over and over again, but it's so much fun. I did it again. I'm sorry. You know what she said to me? She did not say, what did you do now? That that line from from the movie Home Alone. I know, old movie. Look what you did, you little jerk. (laughs) The uncle says that, right? Right? My mother did not do that. My mother didn't say, what did you do now? She said, you know what you need to do, Roger? You need to ask Jesus to forgive you. And my mother was teaching me that when I do wrong things against her, I'm also doing wrong things against God. And I need to experience God's forgiveness in my life. She told me to go upstairs and sit beside, kneel beside my bed and, and ask Jesus to forgive me and then ask Jesus to help me not do that wrong thing anymore. Thank you, God, for a faithful mother who, who, who knows that, that even at a young age our children need to learn how to deal with the wrong things that we do in our lives. And when we do say to mom and dad, I'm sorry I did that, we experience mom and dad's love. The relationship that was broken by the wrongdoing, wrong action, is repaired because of the confession. And the same is true with God. When we go to God and say, God, I'm so sorry I have messed up my life. And I did it again. I, God, I was on a right track for a long time, but then I got, I got, I got distracted and, and, and I desired this and I started doing this and I got farther and farther away. God, I am sorry I did that. I'm coming back to You. God says, I forgive you. A little text message that I sent out on Thursday night that goes along with the voice message. It says it says, did you do something wrong this week? God still loves you. Did you disappoint somebody? God loves you. Did you make a mistake? God loves you. And we can come back to God because of Jesus Christ and say, God, I am sorry. And we don't need to be afraid of God's reaction to us. Just like I was not afraid of my mother's reaction. I was kind of concerned. I remember feeling a little bit concerned. What's she going to do to me? But I didn't expect her to do what she did. She showed God's love to me. Okay, there have been many other times when my mom had to discipline me. I was not a perfect child and I'm not a perfect adult. <laughs> Who in the world let you in the room? <laughs> really? And neither are you, Doug Kinnear. <laughs> Well, I think that's God's love in the body of Christ, isn't it? That we can laugh at each other because there's peace among us. And Doug Kinnear can say to me, Yeah, Roger, we all know you're a sinner. (laughs) And because of God's love in our lives, God takes away this guilt. But there are times in our lives when I still remember the wrong things I do and that guilt feeling can come back to me. And especially in those times, I need to remember that Jesus died on the cross to forgive me of that sin and this sin and this sin and this sin and this, sin, and this one that I'm going to do next week. Even though I don't know I'm going to do it, but in my passion, in, in my anger or in whatever, in the other feelings that caused me to sin... Jesus will still forgive me of those things. We need to rem- Emotions are valuable in our life. And Jesus, Jesus doesn't say to us, forget your emotions. Jesus does not say to us, stuff your emotions down because they're useless. No, God created emotions in our lives. Just like God created this podium, or at least the materials that some human being made this podium about and the beautiful trees that we've got and the colors that we see. on God created all those things just as God created emotions. And if, we, and, and if we deny our emotions or the experience of them in our lives, we might as well say, well, this thing doesn't exist either. Emotions are powerful parts of being a human being. But our emotions can lead us to sin. The good emotions can lead us to sin. Joy, happiness, love... We can sin just as much with the good emotions as we can sin with the bad emotions. Anger. Jealousy. And the Bible says, don't let your anger lead you to sin. And it could say, don't use the love that God has given us to cause you to sin with other people. But put your your emotions under the, the reign of God also in your life. Our whole lives need to be under the reign of God. Pastor Paul, many of you remember Pastor Paul. Some of you are, are new here and don't didn't get to meet Pastor Paul. But years ago, uh, maybe ten years ago, maybe not that long, but close to ten years ago, Pastor Paul was leading some young people who who were who who were being confirmed in their faith. That is, that they were. They were learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Pastor Paul was talking with them. He was down in a room below us here, and he wanted to show an illustration, but he didn't have any paper to write, but he had a marker. So he decided he didn't have any paper. There wasn't a chalkboard or a marker board there. So he just took a marker, and he started drawing a picture on the wall of the room. You're not supposed to do that. You get in trouble at home if you take a crayon and start drawing on the wall or a marker and start drawing on the wall. But Pastor Paul took his marker and uh, on this wall, he drew this great big train. And then behind the train engine, he drew a coal box, a coal car that the engineer or the, the, the fireman, as he was called, would shovel the coal from the coal car into the engine To make the train go. And then as the caboose, there were only three cars in it. There was the train itself, the engine, the coal car, and a caboose. And then Pastor Paul took his marker and he wrote a word on each of those cars. And on the engine, he wrote the word faith. On the coal car, no, I'm sorry. On the engine, he wrote the word fact. And on the coal car, he wrote the word faith. And on the caboose, he wrote the word feeling. Fact, faith, and feelings. And what Pastor Paul was wanting to teach these young people was this this is what Jesus calls us to. Jesus, the fact is, Jesus died on the cross to forgive all of us our sins. Why? Because God so loved the world, God's greater love, God so loved the world that he gave his own, One and only Son. That whoever believes in Him, whoever believes in the fact of Jesus Christ, will have eternal life. Jesus came into this world not to condemn the world, but to save it. So, the second car, the the fuel for the engine is faith. And faith is trusting in the fact. And when we see the fact and we decide to trust in the fact, it has a powerful impact of our feelings. But what would happen if we just put our feelings, take that caboose and put it in the front of the train? The feelings are not going to drive the engine. Faith drives the engine of the fact. When we put the feeling in front of the fact, we we get things like this. "Mm, I'm not sure that fact is true. I have a feeling that fact is false. And we're not going to get any place in our life with that. This is, a, this, is a, this is the perspective of the Christian life. Jesus came to give His life for us. And we are asked to trust in it, to have faith in that fact. And it has an impact for all of our lives. The prophet Jeremiah was in a very difficult time in his life. This comes from the Old Testament. And, and just to, you're going to, I'm going to read a large section from the book of Jeremiah, and you're going to hear a lot of emotions. Jeremiah is sad. He's depressed. He's afraid. He's even angry. He has all of the emotions that we human beings experience. And yet, I want you to hear how much greater is God's love to His experiences. This is what comes from the book of Lamentations in the Bible, chapter 3. And Jeremiah writes, I am the one who has seen the afflictions that come from the rod of the Lord's anger. I have sinned, is what Jeremiah is saying, "and, and God is coming to punish me. And he says, He has led me into darkness, shutting out light. He has turned His hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and flesh grow old. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and surrounded me with anguish and distress. And He has buried me in a dark place like those who have been long dead. And He has walled me in. I cannot escape. He has bound me in heavy chains. And though I cry and shout... He has shut out my prayers. Have you ever felt like that? That God has just closed every door on your prayers. I remember a time in my life when I was in college and I was in a top bunk and I was praying and, and, and my head was only 8 inches from the ceiling and it felt like my words were just going to the ceiling and stopping. I said, God, do you even hear me? Jeremiah is saying the same thing. He has blocked my way with a high stone wall. He has made my road crooked. He has hidden like a bear or a lion waiting to attack me. He has dragged me off the path and torn me to pieces, leaving me helpless and devastated. He has drawn His bow and made me the target for His arrows. He has shot His arrows deep into my heart. My own people laugh at me. All day long they sing their mocking songs. and He has filled me with bitterness. And given me a bitter cup of sorrow to drink. He's even made me chew on gravel. I eat dust. Peace has been stripped away. And I have forgotten what prosperity is. And I cry out, my splendor is gone. Everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. And the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. And then Jeremiah stops. And he says, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, that the faithful love of the Lord never ends His mercies never cease. Great is God's faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. And I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in Him. I will trust in Him. The Lord is good to those who depend on Him, to those who search for Him. So, it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord and it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline God loves you and we come this morning to receive this sacrament we come this morning to 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 remember once again what Jesus has done for us so if if you're at home and you're and you're uh, ready to receive the sacrament. go get some, go get some grape juice, a piece of bread or something. Here in the room we've got communion here at the table. We have the, the, the cups that are prepackaged. If you want one of those, just come forward. I encourage you to come to the center aisle. In our church, anybody who desires to, to participate in this sacrament, you are welcome. You don't have to be a member of this church. You could be a member of another denomination, but you are welcome to come and receive this sacrament this morning. But I, when it's time, I'll invite you to come forward to the center aisle and then you can go back to your seats from the side aisles. We'll have three stations up here. The two on either side of the table here will will be uh, non-bread. Uh, we'll break it off for you. Your server will give you a piece of the bread. You may take that bread and just dip a corner of that bread into the grape juice that we have here. And then you may eat it. I encourage you, if you want to kneel here at the platform after you receive communion, you may have a time of prayer, or you can return to your seat for prayer. If you prefer to have uh, one of the prepackaged uh, uh, juice and bread, we've got those available. Uh, we also have gluten-free in both forms, both the bread and the prepackaged form. So if you need gluten-free, just come forward and ask your server to give you the gluten-free bread. I want to invite you to stand with me as we as we prepare, as we say the, these ancient words that Christians have been proclaiming for years, called the Apostles' Creed. And then we'll pray the Lord's Prayer together before we receive Let's say this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let's take a moment and reflect, think about this past week. Do you have anything that you need to confess to God? Have you committed any wrongs this week? And you just need to say, Jesus, I'm sorry I did that. Go ahead and offer a silent prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Your love is greater than all the guilt that we can ever experience, Jesus. And we thank you. We remember that night when you took the bread and you gave thanks. You gave it to your disciples and said, Take drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. You took the bread and you broke it. You gave it to your disciples and you said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. When you eat this, remember me. The cup over which we give thanks is the cup of the new covenant that Jesus makes with us. That new relationship. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and be present with us here in these moments. Change the substance or the essence or whatever you do so that in this experience we don't just eat bread and juice but we receive your grace, your kindness, your goodness, your forgiveness, your power. Change our lives. We need you, Jesus, and we ask you to come. Thank you. And now let's pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, called the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. I want to invite the servers, if you would come, those who are going to assist. Servers, would you come, please, as we prepare to... (laughs) <laughs> Kathy and I are going to be over here on the, on, the, on your far right with the gluten-free stuff. So, Kathy, I'm going to ask you to uh, take the whole plate.
1: Yes? Well, you're not going to touch anything anyway. There you go. Yep.
3: Okay, you guys stay right here. You need a cup. Sorry. It's been so long since we've done this. I've forgotten how to do it. You guys stay right here. You got your cup. You're coming for, for the, just the, uh, the regular, these little things. Come right on up. There we go. I think we're ready. I invite you to come. Come down the center aisle, or if you need the gluten-free, you can come down the aisle to your right. I invite you to come.
0: today, if you need prayer, if you want to come to the altar and pray, or if you want to go to one of the prayer stations, or if you're online, there are folks that can pray with you, let's just continue to worship. God, we invite you, let us become more aware of your presence. pouring of your spirit, God. So as we go today, Lord, as we've heard your word and worshiped together in song and gathered around the table of the Lord to remember your sacrifice, God, send us from this place today with the knowledge that we have faith, you have given us faith to feed that fire of the facts that you want to do greater things in our lives, in us and through us, So, God, we welcome that. We pray that you would go with us this week. Send your blessing and your favor and your anointing on us. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. The altar area is still open. There's still folks at the prayer stations online. You can still pray with someone. Don't leave today before you uh, meet with God.